podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Okay, here we go again then with the Westerer is Besterer podcast. And joining me once again is the main man, Martin. How are you, Mart? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you doing yourself? Yeah, very good. Very good. Have you have you got a funky name for yourself yet? No, I, I've never been good with the uh, nicknames. So uh, I, I think I'm going to I'm gonna put my faith with you to figure one out. I, I, I think I'm going to regret it. <laughs> but, uh, that's what I, I'm going to do. I asked my daughter, and she said "fat man and blobbing," which I thought was Dallas just too much for a middle-aged man to to, to go round and yeah, "fat man and blobbing." Cheers for that, love. Uh, which one are you? I I didn't ask. I stopped the conversation there, <laughs> and I went. I maybe I'll ask somebody else. So um, yeah, there we go. But um, so, did you make it to the game on Saturday? Yeah, I got there. And what did you? It was, uh, was a pretty exciting game, all in all, being in the stadium. I mean, mm. obviously, re- result didn't exactly go our way, but we weren't a million miles off, and it was it was again, it was enjoyable. It was nice, yeah. just nice to be there. Mm. I think that the thing for me was the attitude from the players was right, and you could kind of see where last season we would have completely folded. Soon as a couple of tries started going in, you just had that feel. You always had that feeling last season that you never knew whether it was going to be, you know, a seventy points to nil or whether we were going to compete for eighty minutes. And it just felt on Saturday that the boys competed for the full eighty. And yeah. you know, I think we're we're improving, but they say the result didn't. So on on my little list of things from from Saturday. I pretty much go referee, 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 and then there were some good things. So <laughs> was that the feeling inside the ground? What, what was the feeling about the referee inside the ground? Yeah, he um, he didn't leave with many friends, if he came with any at all. Mm. But uh, no, there was... Obviously, anyone watching the game, whether you're in the stadium at home, they, there was a few decisions you, you, you can't quite wrap your head around, mm. even when you're listening back to what he's saying. Mm. Well, I mean, there's the obvious ones that we'll come to in a minute, but the the one for me was Ulster's first try, where the ball is kind of, uh, you know, they're attacking in uh, uh, the line, fair enough, and then the guy, um, the guy that scores, uh, he's kind of held up with the ball over the line, and Herring just comes in from the side, takes up the man beyond the ball. With what looks like a shoulder, just you know, the, the the camera angle was the wrong side, but it looks like he comes flying in with a shoulder, takes out. I think it was Gareth Davis, but he just completely wipes out Gareth Davis. But Gareth Davis is beyond the player, so he there was no way he came in from the back of that that ruck that or that mall. There's no way. The no, he didn't come through the gate. He didn't come from the back, and he took out the player beyond the ball, which resulted in a try. Now, you know, that was that was first that, that was their first try. And you just had that, that you know that wasn't even reviewed 
And I wasn't even, you know, wasn't even looked at. And I just thought, hang on a tick. Because I, I rewound it and replayed it and rewound it and replayed it. And they, were, they kind of showed an angle from the other side. But it was shown at full speed, so you couldn't see where he kind of hit. He just kind of spun around. So, for me, it wasn't necessarily the referee on on Saturday. It was the TMO. And the, the TMO's job is to review these things and get them right. You know, that's that's... You have one. You don't need to be fit. You don't need to be, you know, in the game. You don't need to be watching a hundred different things. And uh, you know, that's that's the referee's job. Your job is to watch the video and make sure that you're supporting the ref. And I just thought it's it was it really let the game down because you know, we talk about the other bits in in a minute, but you just never felt like the Scarlets were getting a fair rub of that game. It just always felt that we were up against 16 players. And, you know, it's... it's and But I guess that's why I like the, the attitude of the players. They stuck with it. You know, really yeah, easy. Well, it's, obviously, the ref is always one that you've got to play yourselves. And like you said, we'd looked as though he's taken him in, you know, not through the gate and that. And yeah, it is the TMO's job to look at things like that, but it's also our players and then our captain's job to to get in the ref's year to make him tell the TMO to have a look at it as well. Hmm. Well, Foxy, when he got to the third one, so there was there was that one, then there was Costello, and then there was the debacle with a kick into the corner, and that's when Foxy starts going nuts. That's, that is when he was giving it large in the referee's ear. Well, that was 10 minutes from the end of the game, or 10, 15 minutes yeah. from the end of the game, you know. And, um, you know, I'm all in favour of knowing when the right time is to ask the question um, and things like that. But, yeah, for me, I just must be very frustrated. If you're a coach sitting and looking at that video, you know, when you talk about that Costello getting carded, do you tell him to not jump for the ball? You know, the guy no, was. He, as far as I could, I could see it, it, I would have put that down as a rugby collision and definitely a penalty because obviously there was contact. Hmm. But he's running for the ball, he's he's made the jump early enough, and he's in a he's in a position to catch the ball. Yeah. So, and, but he touched the ball with his right hand. You know, the, his right hand. The the issue was that as his left hand is coming up to catch the ball. The play, the the um, Irish player is in the way, so he couldn't get to that ball. So we, you know, for me, that's a like you said, that's a, a a collision. Both competing for the ball. It's unfortunate that the Irish guys landed the way he did, but that wasn't, you know, Costello's. Uh, um, it was because there was contact in the air, but it wasn't a penalty. It it just that's the kind of decision that can ruin careers, you know? You know yeah, the, the guy's fallen, he's fallen on his back and he's got an injury, but it's a contact sport, it's a collision sport, you know? We're, we're not playing snooker. This you, You've got to have a little bit of, you know, players are going to get injured. And I just thought it was really harsh on Costo, and it did turn the game because they put two tries on the board while he was off the pitch. And he was actually, well, the whole game, other than the 10 minutes he was on the sidelines, he had a, a really good game. 
you know? Yeah, well, he, he probably was the standout 10 in Wales again. You know, he, he was last week. Mm. And same again this week. But the, like you said, with the yellow cards, they put 14 points past us in the first one. And the second mm. yellow card, they put 10 points past us. So, mm. you know, two yellow cards, 24 points. You know, if you look in 15 v 15, we won that game 39 31. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't thought of that one before. Yeah, that's that's a good way of doing it. That is, yeah. When we were fifteen on, <laughs> yeah. I just I just thought the referee ruined that game. He did. I, it was a really really good game to watch, but as a Scarlets fan coming off that 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 pitch or coming out of that stadium, you must have just been sitting there going like, you know, what's what's the point in in training for the week when you're going to get penalised and yellow carded for stuff that. Just shouldn't be there. I mean, that, that that kick to the corner. How you know there were two people underneath that ball. It was Corey Baldwin, and then it was a touch judge, and they're, they're both looking up. You can see them both clearly looking up, and straight away, touch judge goes out with the arm and says, "That's you know that's gone. Ego. That's gone." Corey Baldwin. It's a, it's an instant reaction. It's not a, a calculated reaction to try and persuade the referee it's an instant reaction he claps and he goes yes and he starts running up ready for a dropout yeah that that that's a an instant reaction from a genuine player you can tell when somebody's trying to manipulate the ref with their um you know oh referee what was happening there and all of that rubbish but that was a genuine reaction where right ball's gone dead he's made a mistake lovely jubbly off we go so to to overrule him there was wrong. And then the following ruck that they scored from, he got it wrong again. You know? <laughs> and even even the commentators and Shane Williams has commentated on um uh on Premier Sports. Um I don't think Shane Williams will ever set foot inside Parker Scarlett ever again because he was criticising the crowd, he was criticising players, didn't have a good word to say about Scarlett even when he scored so um, he really went down in my ass you don't mind a little bit of banter between Scarlett and Ospreys as a you know, but that's Yeah, the total bias is uh, is another thing though, yeah. and and That, that is a big problem I've seen with Premier Sports is their mm. commentators are so blatantly biased one way or the other Yeah, and you don't mind it so much if it's the home team, you know. You almost expect that with the home team. But they they were biased for a team that wasn't even on the pitch. <laughs> both commentators, yeah, they were both Osprey supporters having a go at the Scarlets. Not saying, well done, Ulster. Don't get me wrong, Ulster played really well. I thought that was a fantastic... Um, that the first 10 minutes, I don't think we touched the ball other than kickoff. You know, it was it was a real the way they controlled One the ball. Yeah, uh, and it and it was good. Yeah, but that's what you want. You know, this this is a competitive league. This is you know the most competitive league. Uh, you know, particularly now with Zebra and Benetton uh, up in their game, it's really really competitive. Every week you could win, you could lose, you could get pasted, you could put a pasting out. That's the way this league is now, and 
you know, it just kind of, like you say, if Premier Sports sorted the, the we'll come on to the, the URC and Gallagher Premiership later because I've been banging on about this all week. But yeah, Ulster were good. I thought I thought they were really, really good. Um, competitive game. I just, uh, it was sickening coming out of the end of that game and going, you know, we've got nothing. We've got nothing at that game. It's, but there were some good bits. There were some really good bits. I thought our attack, I don't think many people are going to put five tries on Ulster this year. Do you know what I mean? No, you know, there's a big clash on Friday now, Ulster v Leinster at uh, Ravenhill. Mm. And that's going to be one hell of a match. And I'm expecting Ulster to do them, in all honesty. Yeah, well, Leinster are not playing anywhere near with a where they have been the last couple of seasons. So, fair enough, they had a bonus point on last Saturday, but three of those tries were line-out drives, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pressure, but they're not playing expansive, creative, you know, exciting rugby. And I thought Ulster actually, you know, it was controlled yeah. when it was tight, but when it was going out, I thought they did really well. But, you know... Yeah, you've got to you've got to take uh, the the previous Leinster result with a pinch of salt as well. We'll come on to it later. But that Benetton side that they beat showed, you know, seven changes from the week before and three positional changes. Mm. So it it wasn't the same side that done Glasgow thirty three eleven in the opening week. Mm. I I just think that we're in a place now where you know. Dragons win on on Sunday as well, which is fantastic for them. You know the the margins in these games are minuscule now. The the difference between winning and losing, well, for us for the last two weeks, the difference between winning and losing has been a referee's decision. First week, Tipperick should have gone, and pretty much everyone admits that. And this week. You know, you could have picked three, four, five different decisions that really, really cost us. There, there was nothing. If those decisions that had gone with us, we'd have been sitting on top of a, a bonus point, 15, 20 point win against Ulster. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's how tight and competitive um, that game was. And you know, I watched all games from last week. There, there's no, even the, the big wins. They're not blowouts. Yeah, you're not. It's those sides are competing, and there's one or two bits, you know, with something like look at Ulster uh, tries. You know, it's maybe one missed tackle and bang, that's in. You know, our tries, one missed tackle, one person out of place, and we're in. You know, the the attacking this season from all sides has been absolutely bang on. You know. Is with the exception of possibly the Ospreys, Ospreys haven't looked like scoring massive amounts of tries uh, through the backs. Um, no, but it was exactly the same last season. They started incredibly slow and then they sort of picked up in the last four or five weeks of the mm. season. So mm. it might be looking that, that might be the, the Toby Booth way of playing. It takes a while for his attack to bed in. Yeah, I mean they grind you down, they they grind people down, but you know everyone else is looking at how do we score tries off 
seventh, eighth, ninth phase. It always used to be, you know, we went through that that growth phase of okay, you can't score off first phase now, so you've got to <laughs> you're looking at third or fourth phase. Now we're looking at, you know, how do you get round a defence on 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 eighth, ninth, tenth phase, you know, and that that's that's how much you've got to wear sides down, and that's how much you've got to you know, look at uh, uh, where you move the ball across the backs. But you know, so who, who stood out as a as our superstar for you on on Saturday? Then where were our plus points for you? Plus points, um, Costello, as you've already said, he was. Pretty impressive. Johnny Williams held up well again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was impressed by uh, Johan Nicholas. He he put in hell of a shift. In all fairness, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Lousy cracking game. And I think out of our forwards, you know, Davos was another coming off the bench. He he looked impressive yet again. Yeah, he did. And I I think it was quite difficult to choose. You know. Uh, uh someone from a Scarlet set stood out because I just think everybody put in a real hard shift, you know? Well, yeah, I became five players. I couldn't pick out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It, it was really difficult to go, you know, like the, against the Ospreys, you know, there were a couple of players that really stood out, like Johnny Williams, Costello, um, and, and Fafita. But, yeah, against Ulster, it was genuine. It was it was the kind of performance that I think we've been wanting to see for a long time, you know. And that's why I don't think it, I haven't had massive amount. You get the usual people who like, you know sack everyone, start again, all of this kind of crap. But you just kind of ignore them. And I think most people go and do you know what? Actually, even though it was a hefty defeat, we we've seen improvement and. I don't think too many people are disappointed. We're disappointed in the number, you know, in the actual, this is what goes on the scoreboard. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But I think the attitude and the way the the boys played on Saturday, I haven't heard anybody complain about a lack of effort or a lack of skill or a lack of ability. It was just, you know, it didn't. There were a couple of, of bits around the park that didn't quite work for us, and we need to do something about defence, particularly in the first ten minutes. You know. Yeah, I think we're running at about seventy, eighty percent, which is probably about bang on for the first few weeks of the season. Mm. Our defence is a work on, but these last, these first two games, I have been impressed. Just their attitude in getting to back in line and the organisational side of it, they have been putting that effort in there. And you know this is this is Gareth Williams with what he's had what four five weeks of the boys if that. Mm. So uh, you know, come come after the uh, internationals now in December once he's had, he's had a nice big chunk with a lot of the squad. I, I'm expecting to see a, a much more hard hardier defence. Yeah, and I think that's the bit that you, you can see the improvement is coming. It's not like we're going backwards anywhere really there are bits that are not moving forward like line out but there's no way that's getting worse do you know what i mean there's you look you won't look at it and go oh, last season we were better at this you know it's all been a a step forward that's how i see it anyway but yeah well, i i think i'm agreeing with you with it yeah our, our line out always needs a bit of work uh our scrum seems to be holding very well 
mm. our our back line, our attack play, it, it it's always up there. It has been for about five six years, I think now our back play, and our, our defense is the major work on. But mm. saying that with the with the lineouts, we got you know we got the sheriff Ken Owens having forty minutes for the Quins on the weekend. So uh, he's probably he might be in line for a uh, bench spot this weekend, but then you've got to ask yourself: Are you dropping Elias or are you dropping Davos? Yeah, it's, and that's the encouraging thing, isn't it? You know that the the level of competition within the side at the minute is as good as I've seen it for a long, long time. So that kind of brings me to to my next bit about Foxy and. You know, we spoke about Foxy the week before. No, there's there's two uh, two sides to it. There's Foxy the captain and Foxy the player. So, what? Uh, how did you how did you see his game on on Saturday? Average, <laughs> to be honest. Mm. Didn't didn't really do nothing special. Didn't make any massive errors. But as I just, I just don't think he's the right choice for captain. I mean, like I said last week, I, I've been in love with Foxy as a player for over a decade, mm. but he's just not the, the right person to be captain at, at this time. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few years ago he was, maybe next season or season after if, he, if he's still playing. But right now, I don't think he's the right choice. I, I'm not 100% who I'd pick myself. I haven't given it that much thought, but... Mm. I just know it wouldn't be Foxy right now. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same boat. It's, I guess, until somebody's put in a position where they've got a captain the side, it's hard to know how they captain the side. And you almost have to put your faith in in Dwayne and the coaching team because they're seeing them every day, they're working them with every day, and and, you know, and they they've got a better understanding. But yeah, for me, you know, we've. He just fell off too many tackles, and that was always one of his strengths. You know, he was he was that rock oh, solid. Yeah. You know, if anything at, at thirteen just wasn't getting through him, and now they are. And I, th- I think my my gut feeling is he's being given every opportunity to show that he can get back into the whale side, and I I, I certainly wouldn't. I think 13 is the is the position because he's been there for so long. You know, he has been the rock steady, you know, number 13 for Wales for so long and for the Scarlets that we haven't developed anybody to take over from him. Do you know what I mean? There's, there yeah, a... well, well, when he came, when he first came through, we're talking seven, eight years ago now. Steph Hughes, he was the man who was lined up to be Foxy's successor. But you know, mm. he, he had that terrible ACL injury and he lost a bit of pace and he never he never really great player, but he mm. never hit hit his ceiling, which mm. is unfortunate. And now we've got two young prospects in Corey Baldwin and Joe Roberts. But obviously Baldwin is being used on the wing because we're so low in numbers. And I think Roberts has picked up two pretty significant injuries in the last two, three years. Yeah. And I know he's out until at least Christmas. Yeah. And I think that's the, the struggle now, isn't it? Is you know, we have got I think we've got quality all the way across the back line. You know, we've not seen Steph Evans so far this year. You know, 
and I don't know. I haven't seen him on the injury list. So no, no, he, he he's all good. Um, I I was lucky enough to be in a hospitality on the weekend, and uh, he he was down the bottom. Sat mm. uh, sat a couple of rows, pretty close to my wife. She was happy, and uh, <laughs> he, he seems physically fine. He was doing obviously, you know, you have your your twenty five man squad that's there to do the proper warm-up make sure they are game ready if they need you know the extra two if they needed and then there's another five to ten boys who are alongside with them making up numbers and he's all he's he was there this week he was there last week as well so there's there's nothing wrong with him as far as i can see or i've been been told yeah so yeah for me you know with steph evans on the wing and Corey baldwin at 13 i just i think benetton is uh, they, like I said before, there is no easy side to, uh, you know, mess around with you. You know, let's give some boys a run out sort of a thing. That 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 just doesn't exist anymore. So no, I think Zebra is the only team you'd even consider doing that against, and that's probably only at home now. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they should have beaten Leinster the first week, and they had a good crack at it the second yeah. week. So, um, yeah, I think at some point we we just got to bite that that bullet and go. You know, we need to give somebody else a run there. And that's no disrespect to, to Foxy. I think he's been, you know, heart and soul of, of the Scarlets for, you know, nearly 20-odd years or whatever it is. But yeah, it gets to a... You get to a, a point and you go, if you don't change him now, when are, is it going to be too late? Do you know what I mean? And... Yeah. Somebody needs to have a run. I say Joe Roberts was playing out of his skin last year, and and you genuinely felt that right that that's the guy that's going to take over because he was making breaks, he was solid in defence, his kicking was on point, and you just thought, yeah, there's there's no real weakness to his game, and then he got injured, and with Foxy now, if Foxy was coming into the side playing the way he's playing, you'd be questioning. Why? Why is he in the side? He's. He's. I think he's there on reputation now, and and a, a you know an entirely just, yeah. But I'm. You just hope that somebody comes through and goes. You know, let's. Like I say I'd. I'd put Corey Baldwin there just because he's big enough, strong enough, fast enough. You know, that's that's my gut feeling. I think he'd be an excellent thirteen, but. You know, I think that's I think that's the only area that we look at now and go, we need to we need to improve something. We need to do something there. It's just defence and 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 Foxy. But yeah, that's hard to say though, isn't it? It's hard to say as a Scarlet supporter. It's hard to. It's taken me probably two years to go. Oh, maybe he's not what he used to be at international level, but he's still an excellent club player. And now I'm thinking. Oh, you know, is he an excellent club player? No, well, I, I've been toying around with the idea of maybe, like with Wales uh, a couple of years ago, putting Foxy at 12 and, sh- and you know, shifting maybe Johnny Williams to 13. Let him have a crack there. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. And we've also got, um, you know, Scott Williams to come back as well. You know, Yeah, he plays both, doesn't he? Yeah, so there are options there. Like I say, I just think we need to do something, uh, you know, just before it's too late. Because I think you get to it, because it'll start to affect his confidence. 
and he'll start getting desperate and he'll start he'll start getting yellow cards where he's trying to make tackles that aren't there and he'll be do you know what I mean? He'll he'll just get to that stage where you can feel the desperation that he just wants to 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 do the right thing. So yeah, that's my kind of thing. But <laughs> the, the the bit that I, I, I wrote in my notes was it's two games. It's not the end of the season. It's not the end of the world. It's it's we've had two games, two really really good games so far. Really really good games, and you know let's not go throwing everything out of the pram straight away. Let's let's you know get to that stage where actually I don't know we, we I don't know where the cutoff is where you start panicking, but it's not after two games for me. No, I I, I think it's. Well, there's not. There's never a time for panicking. Panicking is probably the wrong word to use. But I think if uh, it comes after the end of the Cardiff game, and we're still looking at ourselves, thinking, "Oh, it's going to click. It's going to click," mm. then then that's kind of the time to think, "Okay, you know, we we need to change something here. Something is certainly not working." Yeah. So I, I give them Benetton this weekend. It's the first away game, so I, I mean, I'm I'm fully expecting a win. As as I do every single week, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. this week, then we'll, we'll have we got Cardiff coming down the park, mm. and that's probably that's probably the time that if nothing's happening, like you know, that's saying if he selects a, a similar fifteen for the next two weeks, mm. that that'd probably be the time to think, you know, time to change things up. When do international players start getting pulled for autumn internationals? Uh, they're missing for the last game against Leinster. Right, so they'd be I, there for the Cardiff game, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. for the Cardiff game. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to have a think now how how far away we are. Because I know, uh, I know Leinster is something like the 30th or the 29th, something like that. Oh, sorry, yeah. 28th. And I think first... that, that, that weekend, the 28th, is uh, when we lose... We don't have any players, so we've still got, you know, Benetton, Cardiff, Zebra, and Connacht before we lose them. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely want to take something out of of those. Realistically, you know, we should be yeah, we should be looking at bonus point wins on all of them. That's that's where we should be looking at. You know, if you ignore the first two games and you go, you know, we're actually in good shape. And we're 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 in a, a really good position. I'd say we should be looking at bonus point wins. You know, Cardiff. You never know which What's Cardiff, Cardiff side is going to turn up. Yeah, it's and I know that's a frustration for Cardiff fans, and we're sitting there going like, "Yo, <laughs> that was that was last season, mate. Try do it or not last season, season before, wouldn't it? So try try do a whole season of not knowing what which of your teams is going to turn up." And whether you go home after fifteen minutes or or, or wait until the the final whistle, but yeah, that's that's where Cardiff are at the minute. But there we go. Yeah, well, the way, way I've been looking at the last couple of games is we, you know, the the Ospreys game ended on seventy eight minutes, so you know we took home you know all four points, and uh, the Elster, the Elster game ended on seventy three, so you know we came home with two bonus points. So yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm looking at there. That's your fantasy league, is it? That's Martin's fantasy league, and we we go on how many minutes in each game we're going to play, <laughs> where the final whistle is in each game. <laughs> so let's have a chat about Benetton game then. How do we how do we see that game going? 
I think it's going to be a, a, a forward battle for the majority of it. Mm. They, uh, the one player I think that they, they miss most is uh, Montiuani. Because mm. he was he's such a live wire whenever he plays. And I think without... He, he's their X... He, well, he was their X-Factor player. Mm. Now, I, I haven't seen enough of them recently to really say if they've got another player of that type there. But I think, I'm, I'm very happy that yeah, he's not I'm, playing it anymore. But I think what they've done is they've... They, it feels like there was almost an over-reliance on him. Let's get the ball to him. Let's get him to do something. And where he's gone, it's now like, right, okay, there's 15 of us on the park. 15 of us need to work our nuts off and actually do something. So I, I've i been quite impressed with them. You know, you, you've seen a gradual improvement in Benetton over the last couple of seasons. And every prediction of table finish that I've seen, nobody has Benetton down the bottom. You know, some some people are putting Benetton in top eight, um, which I think is a push. But I'm... yeah, I, I've got that. I, I where I've done my little predictions, I've done them in blocks of fours, and I've got them in nine to twelve. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people see them finishing. Which, when you consider where they were three or four seasons ago, that's that's bloody good. You know, so I, yeah, I, in theory, we should be running them off the park. And it, I think it really does depend on squad rotation and who's available. You, you look at our injury list. Holy cow, man. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's how many we got there now? So we've got a squad of 35 or 40. I think we've got a squad of 40. Depends if you where you class the academy uh, group. But over half of them are injured. You know, or nearly half yeah. of them are injured. That's just, I don't get it. I don't well, get... We, we haven't had an update this week, so we're not entirely sure where exactly everybody is. Hmm. But even looking at the one given for the Ulster game, you're just reading it off and you're thinking, oh, wow. You're thinking I'm getting a call at some point. I best, I best dust off my boots because we're going to run out of players in the whole of West Wales if we carry on at this rate. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, I haven't seen, but then I think all clubs are, well, all clubs, but most clubs have got a fairly hefty um, injury list at the minute. And you just got to question why, you know, as the, I don't think the game's increased in physicality or intensity uh, in, to a great extent. You know, it's it was always a hard game. It's always going to be a hard game. You know, so what's changing to put that many players on it? Or are we just being too cautious? Are we saying, you know, these players two or three seasons ago may well have been given a green light to play? Yeah, because we need them on the pitch. Um, and are we now going actually player welfare is more important, which is fine, which is fair enough. You know, that's that's where it needs to be. But yeah, it's just... Yeah, I, I, I think it's a combination of everything because uh, obviously players, as long as it's not uh, you know major injuries, you know concussion related, they can sign themselves fit against medical. Uh, oh, what's the word for it? Against okay. doctors' orders, essentially. Right. They okay. are capable. They are. They are allowed to do that, but then it's at the club's discretion. Okay. And so it, uh, that is obviously an individual basis because I think it was. 
Uh, Evan Roos done it towards the back end of last season for Stormers because he weren't meant to be playing in the uh, quarter, the you know the uh, URC playoffs. But right, he, okay. he signed himself. He signed himself back in, saying, "Look, I want to play. I I I understand the risks, and it's totally on me." So I I honestly think that uh, the, the the training methods are playing a part in it. The intensity of them when your body is, you know, working at that sort of high intensity for a couple of periods a week, it's making you a little bit more susceptible mm. when you're coming back down, if you know what I mean. But so then that... is it as well, you know, with this, you know, you picked this up before about the um, how much contact time you're allowed to do outside of game time, you know, is that meaning that when players do go into contact, that they're not quite match ready. ready for it. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, there's obviously there's that side of it, and all we can really do is go with the medical professionals. Which obviously it, it, you, you've got to go with the evidence that you physically see, but at the same time you've got to take into account all basically the entire history of playing rugby. How much does it benefit from you having an hour or two hour contact, even if it's not full pelt during the week? How much does that help you on the weekend against how much does 15 minutes of all out contact help you for a match? There's got to be that balancing act alongside the medical opinions. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one that's going to run and run, mate. It's going to run and run. And speaking of things that are going to run and run, so... This has popped up again about joining the Gallagher Premiership. So let's have a chat about that. Um, this popped up again over the weekend. Um, and obviously there's, there's, there's stuff that has prompted this, um, but uh, Welsh sides joining the Gallagher Premiership. So the, I mean, the, the background to this, the background to this report is that basically there's no evidence of any of this happening in the report and everyone that is is allegedly to have had meetings has gone i i've not got a clue what you're talking about so there's there's that there's the fact that the guy that wrote this report hasn't exactly got a great track record and then we've got you know wasps and worcester and there's a report out today from a slightly more credible source. Um, I think it was in the Telegraph that there are potentially two more sides that will be in this position come the end of the season in the Gallagher Premiership. They didn't say who, but you know, by the end of the season, potentially another two um, sides. So you know, it throws up so many issues for Gallagher Premiership but I don't think the solution for anybody is a Welsh side joining I think the only people that want, that would benefit from having two Welsh sides join the Gallagher Premiership is a WRU because they'd only have to fund two sides instead of four sides and they could significantly reduce the player pool they would reduce their player outgoings and they could focus on the things that they like to do best, like pointless bloody corporate stuff for Millennium Stadium, rather than putting the nuts and bolts into the game 
the two secure sides. So I, I can rant on this all day. Yeah. Like seriously, my I was talking to my wife about this. <laughs> I say I was talking. I was saying stuff whilst my wife was in the room. And after about 20 minutes, she turned to me and said, are you still talking? Because I genuinely switched off about a quarter of an hour ago. So That's how it goes. <laughs> so what's your thoughts on it, mate? My thoughts may be opposite to a lot of people's. I want to see it happen, but I don't want to see the Scarlets, Ospreys, Dragons or Cardiff leave the URC. I want to see two clubs. I want to see probably Pont de Prix and another take those spots and let the English Premiership Rugby fund them through the through all the uh, you know monies that they get because mm. I think we can do it. I think with the money that's in the Gallagher Premiership and in the short term, I think you know a couple of loan players and some academy boys from the regions. I think it can be done. So maybe a, a, a combined Valley side and RGC. So potentially with yeah. you know using players from under twenties and like you say in academies uh, as development sides, which so this this it's was an start, idea, yeah. yeah there was an idea mooted around before the start of the season, um, only about Worcester because it was uh, at the start of the season everybody knew Worcester was in trouble you know and that was like two three weeks before the start of the season when something should have actually been done. Um, and there, there was this idea of why don't the WRU buy Worcester and use it as effectively, you know, a, a, the, the development squad, you know, a Wales A squad, if you like. Uh, uh, use it as something like. else. Yeah, and and it was, you know, it was an idea that was mooted around on social media and on podcasts and on various other places, but it kind of, it kind of didn't really it's a nice it's one of those ideas it's yeah it's nice but you look at the practicalities of it and then you go yeah that's not going to happen so no it's too much debt in there for that to happen you know it's over 25 million from just little snippets that i've read and that's yeah. just way too much plus and, you've got to look at uh the, the land around six ways which from you know again a few snippets I've read is the current owners have taken out of Worcester's name and put into their own. Yeah. So all those legalities you'd have to look at. Well, see, I think this is the problem with the Gallagher Premiership. Okay, so so bear with. Okay, strap in because here we go, take off. Right. So first <laughs> off, you have to buy into the Premiership Management Board. Okay, I can't remember what it's actually called, but it's you have to buy into that so right now on on Worcester's um, balance sheet will be x amount of shares in the um the management board so when um Ealing trail finders should have come up this year and they were told that you need to buy in and you need to have five million in ready cash to buy into the premiership board okay so if we're going to put a side in there it's going to cost us five million right as a starter that five million if you've got five million spare use it to grow your supporters use it to grow your your, your base go on go on you go on you're trying to say something go on that's if we want to go in not if they want us in there's got there's going to be some sort of, of uh, negotiation involved with that because if they need us it's not going to be that full five million it might be over a time period 
but it's not going to be instant. Well, this this again is part of the, the structure of the way the Gallagher Premiership is managed. Yeah. So URC is managed by effectively by the um boards, WIU, SIU, IRB. Yeah. It's it's managed by the the, the boards of the countries that are involved. Yeah. Gallagher Premiership isn't. The WIU is one one seat on that board, and the rest of it is the clubs that are involved. Yeah. So when the WIU says, uh, and and this came out before the season as well, where they were talking about um, the salary cap. So the salary cap, the big clubs, so Saracens, Harlequins, um, who was the other one? Northampton, I think. Absolutely don't want the salary cap. Should be able to spend whatever because they've got big backers. They, their businesses are based on we've got more money than you, so we're going to buy all the best players and we're going to keep those best players in our squad so you can't have them and we'll just keep funding and funding and funding that until we win the European Cup. It, that's not, you know, it's a toy for people who've got too much money and that's what the salary cap is there. So the salary cap, I thought it was next season. It's not now. It's, it's the season after next. That was a compromise. The salary cap goes back up by two million in, in England. Yeah. So straight away. Get the extra one. Say again. Do they get to keep that marquee player aspect of the salary cap? Because I know they've dropped one marquee player. Yeah. I, I don't know the details of it. It was it was just that headline figure that I was looking at that the, the actual salary cap has gone back up by it's just over two million or whatever. So if Welsh sides now go into the Gallagher Premiership. Not only have you got to find money for the bond, right, but your player inflation goes through the roof because you're now in a different competitive league, yeah, with more people, with more money, and part of that restriction of being, the protection, if you like, that you get in the URC from being run by the WIU then goes when you go into the Gallagher Premiership because you cannot have WRU sides being controlled the same way. So you then, you know, WRU then removes the funding for those players. So you have to then replace the funding for your international players. And you then have to compete with sides that are being bankrolled by millionaires. Unless we can find a millionaire to come in and go, oh, yeah, I fancy a bit of a play with the Scarlets. Here we go. Here's, a, here's 25 million. Off you go. That's not going to happen, you know. So the, we have to think about it in terms of actually what's best for the club in the long run. You know, what's best for the Scarlets in the long run? Joining, you know, the, the, the bit that people keep throwing back is, oh, wouldn't it be great to have Bath come down and, and Exeter come down? Actually, no, so somebody said to me the other day, last time Bath came to Straddy Park, the place was absolutely bouncing. Straddy Park was just about 10,000 capacity. Yeah. Parker Scarlet is 14.8, so nearly 25% larger than Straddy. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, you can have, I think it's about an extra thousand they can fit in with uh, temporary seating and stuff as well. Yeah. So you look at that and you go, right, okay, so, okay, the, the Park Scarlets may not be full for every game at the minute, but we're still pretty much 
you know, at a better level than where we played Bath at, at, at Straddy. And the reason that more people wanted to go and see Bath at Straddy Park was because it was a special game. It's It was the equivalent of the European Cup now. Yeah. Now, you've been there for European Cup matches. I've been there for European Cup matches. That place is absolutely on fire for for European Cups. Yeah. And even the European Cups where you know that we're, we're not really, you know, it's you're praying for a downpour and a dodgy ref <laughs> and, you know, and a, and a little bit of luck and we might get away with it. Even on those nights, you know, the, the place is bouncing. And that's what has replaced those games against Bath and, you know, Bristol. Games against, when we used to play games against Bristol, Bristol weren't the side they are now. They were crap games, you know. So I think people have got the, these kind of rose-tinted glasses about how it used to be. Because, they, you know, yeah, they were good games. They were enjoyable games. They'd usually play at Christmas and at Easter but they were special one-offs and that's why people went to attend them. If that's every week, it's, it's, it's not going to replace what you'd lose with the URC. Yeah. What you, what you lose with the URC, this see, this is what I'm telling you, but my wife switches off. <laughs> so what you lose. Well, I'm not dropping the, sleep uh, <laughs> yeah, It's just like, I'm going like, I'm, I'm really aware of, how much I'm talking because <laughs> it's usually at this bit. My somebody will go, Ah, oh, Lee, shut it, man. <laughs> okay, you know. Um, we need so, to get a sign to put that time, time to shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but I think the key bit for me, I and this is something that, 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 that I said in pre season that this is something to talk about. URC viewing figures last year, okay, 34 million, yeah. Gallagher Premiership viewing figures last year, 14 million. Yeah. It's twice the size. The URC, when you put together people in the ground and people on television, it's twice the size. Now, this is that's that last year was the first season that we saw that coming in with the South African sides and things like this. Yeah. This season, we've now got the um, distribution in um, America as well. Yeah. So we're now going to go up from that again. You're starting to see some really big international companies coming in as sponsors. Yeah? You want to know why Sale has lost all its South African players? Because they've gone home. Why have they gone home? Because South African sides can now compete. South African sides can now compete with the salaries from, from those English sides, yeah. You look at how many players in England are now leaving to go to France, South Africa, America, Japan. You know, when they set up the the, the Gallagher Premiership, the idea was this is going to be the best league in the world. Everybody will come to us, yeah. And everyone else has gone. Actually, we can do this better. You know, when America gets its shit together, oh my God, they're going to, you know, just on television viewing they are going to rip the rest of the world apart. They may not do it in a World Cup and on, a, on the world stage, but in terms of can they produce something on television that people will want to watch? Absolutely. So you've got all these things that people talk, you know, the Gallagher Premiership is just a marketing exercise. That's all it is. It's a marketing exercise with big people running, big clubs 
that want to suck the money from smaller clubs. And if we went into the Gallagher Premiership, all we would be doing is finding a way to funnel our money into those big clubs and make those big clubs bigger and better and more Western. They're not profitable. They need multimillionaires to make them viable. So for me, you know, if we, if just go back to that 5 million bond, if you've got 5 million to go and invest uh, into buying into the Gallagher Premiership, take that 5 million and invest that in marketing the game in Wales and, and doing something to get people to the ground. It, if, if, if Parker Scarlet's was full every week, yeah, like it is in, in Leinster and Ulster, if that ground was full every week just with home support, Gallagher Premiership wouldn't even be an option. It wouldn't be, you know what, we need a bigger ground or we need, you know, it would be a completely different way of looking at it. So if we're going to go and spend money on the game, that's where we need to spend money. Marketing that game, growing the, the, the player base at grassroots level, you know, and particularly the, the bit in between grassroots and, and senior level, which for me is colleges, that's where we need to be spending the money. I think once the 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 um the effect of the, the South African sides and the effect of the American deal come through, we'll start to go, okay, yeah, we have got money. And the danger is if we spend that all on players instead of developing players and developing uh, a fan base. Yeah. If we're, if we're going to spend it on anything in Wales, we need to spend it on something that's going to benefit Welsh players and Welsh supporters and not on a vanity project in, in England. And you know, some, somebody said to me the other day, on Twitter, avoid Twitter. Oh my God, avoid Twitter. Just put, <laughs> put one, put one tweet out. Switch it off. Put it in your pocket. Don't go back. Um, so oh, think about all the retail sales that we'll get. Think about the club shop when we're when we're playing against Bath. Oh, well, what, somebody from Bath is going to come down and buy a Scarlet shirt because they're playing against that. How's that work? <laughs> Can I just say that person obviously hasn't been to the Scarlet's club shop in the last few weeks. There is literally. The home kit, the away kit, the third kit, and yeah. a couple of other things scattered. There's not, there's no, there's no ten pound and under. You know, little key rings, little things. Yeah. You know, yeah. you for the kids. No blankets, yeah. no scarves. Is yeah. it is bare there other than the kits. And, and this you know, is... a lot of people don't tend to buy the kits at this point in the season. They wait, they wait till around Easter time where they knock ten, yeah. twenty quid off there. Or Christmas presents, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there is nothing for Christmas present. Is there's no like mugs with and coasters with scarlet sand. There's no pajamas. Yeah. Nothing like that at all. But this goes back into the the marketing of the game. You know, URC are not marketing themselves in Wales. WIU Scarlet are not marketing themselves around here. Do you know what I mean? There's there's yeah. massive massive potential. We should be filling that stadium. Every single week, and this this Gallagher Premiership thing shouldn't even be a conversation. But we need to put people in place within the Scarlets, within the URC, within the WIU that will go actually investing in the lower end of the game. Takes a bit longer to get you know the the through flow, but 
you invest in the in the the core of the game the base of the game and then you can build things on top right now we, we, we're trying to build a pyramid on top of sand instead of putting the cement in and putting going into the gallagher premiership that's like trying to build a hotel on top of the, God, the, yeah. the pyramid on top <laughs> yeah. but it's it you know you, you're trying to build something without the solid foundations in place so that's that's my bit done me i'm going to shut up now yeah it's just like you said you know if you look at an infrastructure project you know you're talking 15 20 years before you see results yeah and i i'm with you 100 i think the colleges and universities are a massive gap in in welsh rugby especially development because we've got cardiff met in the bucks league i think i think swansea might be in one as well but that's about it and I think we've got Cardiff, Swansea, and yeah, they, they, both of the Cardiff universities are in the Bucks League and Swansea, but uh, and and I think and Cardiff Met always does really really well, but you know we're, we're a country of three million people. We should be producing more of our own players. You know we should be producing enough players and enough supporters every week to fill. Every single round, but yeah, well, well, like you said, we're struggling with the marketing at the minute. Have, have, do you get the emails for um, from the Scarlets for the games? Yeah, at all. Yeah, I've noticed the last well, the first two games, there's been errors on the uh, the little posters that they send out in emails. Yeah, I think the you... Oscars one was the wrong month, yeah. and you're just thinking, you know, once fair enough, you know, things can be missed, blah blah blah, mm. but you know, two weeks on a bounce. You know, someone's not yeah. looking at what they put in. And also, when you go through to, um, so I tried to book a ticket off the link, didn't work. Oh, and then oh. you you try to reset your passwords, and it's, we'll send you a, a link. That's not working. So right then, I've got to create a new email in order to buy a ticket. And, I, oh, and you know, I'm doing it at seven, eight o'clock at night. Ticket office is open till five, and you know, I've got no problem with the ticket office. It's got to close at some point. But if you're going to close at five, give me another way of purchasing it between five and eight o'clock the next morning that actually works. So the, these are yeah, these this, are the, this, the unsociable hours aspect of hmm. you know buying a ticket because you know. I, I know nine to five isn't a major, major thing anymore, but it is still the majority of people. You need to have those either a couple hours earlier or a couple hours after to give people the options of physically phoning up and saying, look, I can't buy a bloody ticket online. Can you sort it for me? Yeah. Or just get the, you know, the move towards buying stuff online now. Yeah, I do pretty much all my shopping or i buy my tickets online i'll buy my shirt online i'll buy all, all the get the bloody thing to work and that's how you solve the problem with welsh rugby that's where you invest the money not by going on to some fantasy kind of this is what it was like in the 1980s when we were amazing it, it's not going to work so anyway, I'm going to shut up now. Right, let's uh, let's let's move on. Let's let's move on to local rugby, mate. Let's move on to local yeah. rugby. <laughs> so, what did you make of the results from last week? What did you uh, 
what did yeah, you think? I'll be honest. It was it was decent enough week. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Narbuff went away in Bedwas. Much better, you know, a win down there this season. Better than last year. You know, we can see progress growing. Krimich, Krimich are doing awesome. I think they're on uh, a three-match win streak now, is it? Yeah, they haven't lost this year, yeah. Yeah. They're second in the table. Yeah, a couple other promising results. You know, Pembroke's stood up well to Whitland. You know, I think this is the first game Whitland have actually turned up and played. Mm -hmm. Aberystwyth, you know, we're, we're unlucky uh, Fish God Tembi was uh, apparently a pretty cracking game from what I've heard. Yeah. And uh, one thing I've got to say for um, Fish God Tembi and Milford Haven is that league has just been blown wide open. Last mm. season's champions and runners up have both lost this weekend. Yeah. And yeah. They, were, they, were, they were undefeated last year except for against each other. <laughs> so I, I think that league has been blown wide open and. It's there for the take in. Yeah, yeah. If, if somebody can put a decent run of games together, you know, four or five, you start to build up momentum, then, and you're you're defending a lead rather than attacking it, and yes. and defending it is a lot lot easier. So yeah, the the, the game that stood out for me was was Lan, um, a totally unexpected uh, victory, and and you know, fair dues to them, and and get this. We have a match report. We have a match report from from last weekend. <laughs> yeah. So this this is from uh, uh, Adam at St David's. Now we love St David's just because the everyone attitude. Loves <laughs> everyone loves going to St David's because it's in the middle of nowhere and it's a proper session. So oh, well, well, it's not the middle of nowhere. It's the end of nowhere. The end of nowhere. <laughs> so uh, Adam's reporter, a phenomenal game of rugby played in St. David's on Saturday. It had the works. It had good tries, yellow cards, and a 30-man bust-up. Now, even on that bit there, yeah, that's that's a game you want to see, because you don't see the 30-man bust-ups anymore. So, uh, yeah, St. David's... Well, you don't see them on telly on, uh, uh, anymore. Uh, so, St. David's fought back from 10-0 down, missed a penalty on the last play of the game that could have won the game. When the oh. wind blew the ball off the kicking tee, I mean, how St David's is that? It's the the wind blowing the tee off. But um, so there were tries from uh, Nathan Foster. Now we'll have to discuss this bit, yeah. So the the report says try from Captain Nathan Foster. So I think that just means he was a club captain. I don't think he's like RAF or anything. And then extras from brother Aaron Foster. Now, I don't think I, you know, I, I don't think he's a monk. I just think that's a relationship thing. But um, man of the match. You're reading too much into this, Man of the match was centre Ben Joyce. Uh, I'd say fair dues. Cardigan put in a cracking performance. It was an outstanding game. You know, which is great. So, a big thank you to Adam for that because that's that's just what we want. Is is we want whole purpose of what we're doing is try to engage with local clubs and and really you know, when we were talking about marketing just now is to give another avenue for local clubs to talk about their game and tell us who did well and who didn't and you know let's we're see some yeah <laughs> oh, oh God. well we have got you know so you've got the the the, the uh, stats and all of that 
somebody in America listened to us last week. No way. Yeah. And somebody in France. And I don't even speak French. So, Did the uh, yeah. understand us, or was he just trying to, you know, get his kid to sleep? I haven't got a clue. But, yeah, somebody <laughs> in America and somebody in France. So, yeah, crack on, boys. That's that's the way to go. But, yeah, so I I thought there was a lot of good stuff going out last week. So, before we have a look at, at the games for this weekend, yeah, there's one result from last week. So, I, I keep forgetting to put this in because it's midweek. And it's the college game. So, yeah. <laughs> Where we were talking about, you know, to how to invest in your local sides and this, that, and the other. So, Pembrokeshire College. So we, we, we've spoken to Alid at Pembrokeshire College, and we know the work that needs to be done, and we know the work that is going on there. And, and Alid's an absolute cracking guy to have. If he's, if you're going to put some effort in, Alid's the guy that you want there. Yeah, but to put it into perspective, yeah. So they went away to. Uh, Cardiff and Vale, Cavac, which, if any of you know um, Cardiff City Centre, if you come out of the train station and you walk across the train station car park and you get to like the British Gas Building, there's a set of traffic lights there. And instead of walking to the left, which is where the bus for the park and ride is, if you cross the road and walk about two minutes down that road, you get to Kavak. So it's a, when you say it's centre of Cardiff, it is literally centre of Cardiff. And it's all more cons. It's an indoor training facility, an indoor and an outdoor training pitch. So they've got two pitches, both recently laid. They're all floodlit. They've got two different gyms, and these are high-end gyms. The entire... So if you're in the college rugby setup, they day is based around rugby so when you fit in training when you do your weights all of this kind of stuff you get you then get your education section as well all enclosed in there and we're talking about you know international players are developed are involved in that setup you know this isn't this isn't something that you just throw together it takes a lot of investment over a long time and I'm not surprised that our boys are getting the tonking up there. We haven't even got. No. Our own, you know, no if home. you look in the college leagues, they, they, there's only three sides that ever have a chance of winning, and that's always College of Cymraeth, College Cigar, and Cardiff and Vale. Yeah. You know that it doesn't matter how many games where they're going. It's going to be one of those three that's going to come on top, out on top at the end of the season. We yeah. all know that. And it's because they've got that level of investment put in them. And, and this is where I go back to, we were talking about Gallica Premiership and that missing bit in the middle. When, when you do go and look at colleges in England, and I've looked at a couple, you know, that standard is pretty much across all of them. You know, that is the standard. And I think that's where we're missing. So if you are one of the college boys listening, you know, don't, don't take last week as, you know, that that score isn't reflecting the effort that you're putting in, and it will get better. It will. It takes a bit of effort. It takes a bit of work, and you just got to find a different way of doing it. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we can find a way of getting the investment into Pembrokeshire College that is needed to bring it up to a decent standard. 
So yeah, it, it would be nice if if all the boys in uh, you know the Scarlets Academy were based in Pembrokeshire would go to that college. But uh, you know, I, I think you might know one who who has who decided <laughs> not to go there. Yeah, well, you know, my boy is in Hartbury. Um, I know most of the boys that were in Pembrokeshire College from Scarlet's Academy and now in College Cigar. Um, they tried to get my boy to go to College Cigar. They tried to get him to go to Llandovery and they just didn't suit him. So, uh, but, uh, and here's the key bit, it, you know, what didn't suit him with College Cigar was the travelling. You know, it was from where we are, it's still an hour back and forth each day. You know, an hour there, an hour back, and then doing your training. Um, and we said, well, you know, what about accommodation on site? So, oh, no, we haven't got any. All of the English colleges have got accommodation on site. You know, well, there's there's none in no no accommodation in no. cigar at all. No. Right, and, and that's where they're missing the. You know, if you're North Wales, your only option is go to to somewhere in North Wales. Yeah, are you it, looking at Sedra, Sedra, whatever, however it's pronounced? That's I think that's the closest one up here. Yeah, so we've got we're missing out whole swathes of the country because we haven't got something as simple as accommodation blocks in our colleges. Anyway, we we digress. We'll come on to that Christmas. We'll do a Christmas special over how to solve the problems of the world. Right, let's quickly rattle through this. Right, so games this weekend. Narbeth away in Neath. Big, big game. Big game again. Huge I, I, game. I like Huge. I, I, I'm really enjoying Narbeth this season. I haven't been to watch them, but mm. I'm, I'm just what, seeing the results, looking at the teams around them, I'm really enjoying it. Like, going down to the Knoll is an experience for mm. anyone, and I, I'd recommend it for everyone who's never been there with Narbeth. Phone the club. Get a bat, supporters bus and get down there because it's going to be awesome. I mean, Neath have uh, got the same record as as Narbeth going into this game. They've won two and they've lost one. Even, even though I am, I am expecting Neath to to come out on top at the end, it's go, it's going to be a cracker. I I am really, and you know, by the end, not not the end of this week, but uh, two weeks time is uh, cup time for the championship, mm. and. Uh, Narbeth have got Pontypool, so uh, I think <laughs> in the opening six weeks they've they'll be playing they the big the three from their league: yeah. Bargoy, Neath, and Pontypool. And it 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 just it gets me buzzing. It gets my blood boiling. I, I'm I'm loving it. I, I wish I lived closer right now because I just love <laughs> to be there. Well, um, there there is something on the Narbeth Facebook page about there's um, uh, a hospitality uh, package available. To, uh, for Neath for the Neath game where you can go before and there's a, um, a meal and hosted by Lynn Jones as well so worth having a look at their their Facebook page uh, and, and doing that I, I'm with you mate I'd love to see Narbeth take them I really really would the weather is due to be horrendous on Friday and a little bit iffy on Saturday so that might kind of even things up a little but I just I think Neath would be too strong but this will really give Narbeth a good idea of where they are in terms of, you know, where are they going to be at the end of the season? So, yeah. yeah. If, I, if I can put it into a bit of context, Narbeth beat Bedwas 27-26 this weekend. Neath beat on the week before 37-7. Mm. So, 
it, you you've know, got to bring it down it, now, it, man. There is still a gap. There yeah. is still a gap there. Yeah. That I, I, I think it's closing. Yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah. I, I, I'm really hopeful. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Aberyst with at home to go sign on. What's your thoughts? Um, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Aberyst with just uh, they, they were really unlucky yeah. against Newcastle Emlyn, single score yeah. game. And it was so Newcastle I, Emlyn, wasn't it? You know, it's always an iffy game against Newcastle Emlyn, regardless. Yeah. So. I, I, I'm hoping the travelling again after Aberystwyth is going to be in their favour. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone Aberystwyth as well on that. Um, and then I've gone Crimmich to beat Velen Royal at home. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. Bang on Crimmich, they're going for the title. Yeah, I reckon so. Uh, yeah, smart players when they come up against them, we're sorted. <laughs> um. Another tough game for Pembroke away in Schleswig Wanderers. I think every game's a tough game for Pembroke this season. But away to Schleswig Wanderers, uh, I've gone Schleswig on that one. I don't want to, but I think yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same. You know, Pembroke. And unfortunately, Pembroke haven't picked up a, a win at all so mm. far this season. And Wanderers, the the ground is literally a stone's throw from my house. So I'm hoping <laughs> I'm going to be able to steal over. I might be able to do my own match report. I, I, I'm not <laughs> going to say it 100%. I'm, I'm going to do it, but yeah. I, I'm hoping Fingers I can. Crossed. Cool, cool. Uh, Whitland are at home to Slangenich. I'm, I'm, I'm going Slangenich. Yeah, me too. It's too I haven't strong. seen enough. I haven't seen enough from Whitland this season. No. Uh, moving down into Division Two, then Whitland away to Nankaretic. So Milford. Um, Pontebarren couldn't raise a side last week, so no. you know they're still fresh. Nankaredic have been playing well the last couple of seasons. What's your thoughts? I'm I'm, I'm going Nankaredic as much as I'd like to say Milford Ave, and again they haven't picked up a win yet, and they, they're going away I, against a team that's performing reasonably well. Yeah, yeah, me too. I got the same. Uh, Fishguard away to Pontebarren. If there's a side, I'm going with Fishguard. Yeah, I think they're on a bit of a roll. Shush had another try again uh, last weekend, leaving it late uh, last last couple of minutes in the game to beat uh, Tembi, I think. But I think so. I think that was the report. Well, why isn't Shush giving us a match report? You know, because he, 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 he's the best friend, isn't he? He's a lightweight and he's still recovering, but this time of the week. <laughs> um, uh, Tembi away to Lucha. Tembi are away, are they? I've got Tembi's away to Lucha. Have I got it the wrong way around? I've got Tembi on. I don't know which one of us is right. Oh, crikey. Okay, Tembi are playing Lucha. <laughs> <laughs> who who well, are you well, it, it, it depends. If if it's on the dark side, I, I think it's going to be uh, a bit of a struggle. But if it's at home, Tembi, 100%. Mm. Yeah, I got some stories from playing Lucha away. And none of them are nice. <laughs> no, I, I got a story. I got a story from less than two years ago of of my boys under seventeen playing there, and it's not nice. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so Division Three, Cardigan at home to Larn. Again, I, I'd like to say Cardigan, but you know, back of a good win for Larn, and mm. uh, you know, it, it's it's got to be Larn. Yeah, I've gone Larn as well. And Cardigan used to be such a strong side, like so many of the, 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 the sides in West Wales. You know, they used to be one of the big main sides, you know, like like Whitland. You know, Cardigan always used to be 
you know bang up there so yeah looking at it and and i've gone the same man i've gone lan and i'm thinking you know when i i remember growing up and just thinking cardigan were you know unbeatable but there we go that's that's life uh haverford west at home to aberayron that's gonna be a tough yes yeah. one yeah i i'm i'm pulling for haverford west i really am they just mm. again I, I know we haven't been going to these games but just looking at the results, they don't seem to be the same side from last season. Yeah, but then Aberay Run have started the season well, um, but I, I think that's going to be a bit of a hundinger of a match. I think that's going to be a belter that one. But I've gone oh, for Harford West. Yeah, uh, Nayland away to Lampeter. I think the key bit there is away. It's in Lampeter, yeah. but I've I've gone for Nayland. But again, Ooh, I'm going Lampeter. Yeah, it's it's such a a long journey and it's a difficult pitch to play on. I don't know why. It's a lovely pitch. It's lovely and flat, but it just seems to be one of those places that you just always struggle. I've gone for Nayland, but yeah, on reflection, it probably... Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 you've gone for Nayland. Yeah, I'm going to stick I'm going to stick with Nayland, but I think that I might be wrong. Yeah, we've been more, we've been more or less picking the exact same team all the way. There needs to be one match. With yeah, there needs to be something, doesn't it? Okay, Langham uh, at home against Tregaron. I'm a, I'm an optimist, Langham. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just, I just, you know, full respect to Langham for getting the side out. I know it was a bit of a kick in against the Quins, but let's say I got so much respect for. Langham just actually being able to produce a side and and compete at any level. So yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, a home win against Tregaron. Uh St David's away in Clannabother. Hey, they drew this weekend. Yeah. Let me go up. Let's go for a win, St David's. Yeah, I I've gone the same. I just think that that bit of a uh, uh, you know we're coming off a game that you know you should have won. You know, training this week will be a bit bouncy. It'll be it'll be interesting. So yeah, fingers crossed, St David's to to win there as well. And then last game then is St Clair's at home against Pembroke Dock Quins. Where are you yeah. going with that? It's, it, it's got to stick with St Clair's. They're just looking too strong. Yeah, I, I but I've gone the other way. I've I've picked the Quins off that one just because they're coming off. A big win last week, and just the feeling in the club is is quite good. Um, young team, um, St Clair's pitch is, is where I played my very very first game of rugby when I was ten years old. I would play St Clair's away in the old school, so um, I, oh, I remember the game well, mate. But yeah, I, th- I think the Quins might just nick that one. I think it'll be uh, a, a close game, a tight game. And I think the Quins might just nick that one um, with a bit of luck. It is going to be a cracker, I reckon. You know, they they both seem to be putting pretty high scores in. Yeah. So we're we're probably looking at uh, 55-54, something like that. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, yeah, that's our our wrap-up on of the, the weekend ahead. And so if anybody does fancy doing a... 
game report and match report. I know a couple of been people being in touch and said, yeah, I'd love to do one, this, that, and the other. Um, you can either do it off our Facebook page or you can leave us a message on our podcast page, which is Anchor dot fm and then something after that which i'll i'll post later um it'll be on our facebook page which is scarlet supporters pembrokeshire so lots of ways of getting in touch um and and guys please do you know keep sending us in your match reports we love reading your match reports it nothing beats a fan's view of the game and that's what this is it's a fan's view of the game you know we're not professionals we're not um you know well speak for yourself (laughs) We we you know we're not radio DJs we're not uh, retired uh, international players we're fans same yeah. as everybody else and uh, we want to hear your voices guys so yeah please do doesn't just have to be match reports if you've got a question if you've got a comment just just send anything in we'll we'll play anything or, within or, reason yeah I said that then but I tried that um uh, last week and um, it crashed the whole thing. This whole, there's meant to be a, a voice thing where somebody can leave a, a voice comment. And I tried that last week and it crashed the whole thing. So I need to work out what that is. I've got a way around it. If somebody wants to send us in a voice message, I just record it onto my phone and then play my phone back yeah. over the thing. But yeah, please do guys send us in your, your match reports because let's say nothing beats a, uh, a spectator's view of the game, a proper fan's view of the game, and nothing beats a fan's view of the game from the clubhouse at about nine o'clock after you've had a shed full. That's, that's, that's the one I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for somebody to send that one in because that's going to be hilarious. But there we go, mate. There we go. Right, we're done for another week, Mark. We're done for another week. Fingers crossed we can uh, we can have a bit more of a positive conversation about the Scarlets next week and we'll have a good run through everything else. And uh, yeah, I'll see you then, mate. Yeah. Same old, same old. Let's hope I can make it on the first attempt next week. (laughs) I'll catch you next week. Well, bad. You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Besterer. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.